Hello, it is Sunday, April 11th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is the UFC Vegas 23, uh, Marvin Vittori, Kevin Holland, fight card recap. I'm going to start at the bottom of the card, work my way up. Probably hit on the majority of the fights, if not all of the fights. Start off with Impa Kasagne and Sasha Palantikov. This was a very good fight by uh, Kasagne. It was his first fight at welterweight. He looked looked good. I don't know how the weight cup went, but it, it didn't look like it was much of a problem. What was most impressive about this fight, it was this was um, Kasagne's first fight since he was posterized by um, Joaquin Buckley in, in October. And I liked the way he handled that fight the loss to that fight in October. He didn't make excuses. He owned it. And he he came back in this bout, looked better, uh, bounced back. He, you know, he acknowledged that loss. And he did what, uh, what, what younger fighters need to do, well, what all fighters need to do, which is own it and move on. And that's what he did. So look forward. Don't look back. If you look back, you're... You're just going to get in your own head in this in this sport. And Kasagne made whatever adjustments he needed to make. And he came back and looked excellent. And in a sport where you're usually only as good as or remembered as your most recent fight, uh, a uh, second-round submission win is um, a good way to be remembered. And the next fight, Da Ong Jung, uh, beat William Knight pretty soundly, 30-26, 30-26, 30-27. I didn't like Jung's um, fight against, I think it was Alvey? Yeah, Alvey, which was, he seemed a, really reluctant to engage in that fight. That was not the case in uh, in the fight with Knight. I don't know why, but he was um, a different fighter in this fight. Um, looked Looked much better and handled Knight who is uh, well-muscled, but uh, short for the weight class. And, yeah, Jung just um, dominated it. And he's now unbeaten in 14 fights. So that's a good, that's a good run. And he's still only 27 with the, with the light heavyweight division being what it is right now, which is kind of confusing. He should have some time to develop, some time to improve before he starts getting thrown into bigger fights. So I think at his age and his skill set, he still can improve and still can build on what he's done. I just think he needs to keep his confidence level high and his wrestling skills, keep working on his wrestling skills, keep developing as an all-around fighter. And, and I don't know how high he can go, but... He's looked good, except for that Alvey fight. And, um, yeah, he, he's someone you should keep an eye on for sure. Luis Saldana and Jordan Griffin, um, this was a good fight, uh, a real good fight. And it ended up with a Saldana decision, unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. Um, Saldana was just the more technical striker. Griffin tried to force his way in. He was you know, uh, a more pressure-related fighter. And I I think that Saldana um, might have gotten a gift in this fight from the, from the judges, but it's hard to tell. 
I wasn't watching it that closely. Uh, it was probably the most controversial of the fights on the card as far as scoring, but um, I think Saldana's um, his technical scoring, his technical striking was rewarded more than Griffin's more pressure and submission attempts. Should it have been? That's something else entirely to discuss, but it was a good fight. Uh, Griffin dropped to one and four in the UFC, which is not great, but I, if I'm in the UFC after this fight, I'm, I'm not letting Griffin go. I'm going to keep him on for at least one more fight to see how he can do because he gave a good effort in this. He gave a good accounting of himself and whether he got robbed by the judges is, it is what it is, but, um, it was, it was not a fight where I would say, you know, you should cut Jordan Griffin after that one. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Yargis Danho, if you would have told me that it was his UFC debut on Saturday, I probably would have, um, agreed with you. I'm cause I didn't remember the last time he fought because it was so long ago. Uh, and also he lost his, I think he was a loser in his first two UFC fights. Uh, well, he lost a technical decision and then he had a majority draw. So he didn't win either of his two fights. The last time he fought was September 2016. And then he came out here and just starched Jorgen de Castro. Um, and for the amount of time he had off, he looked good. Um, his his frame, he did not look like a typical, quote-unquote, typical heavyweight. He was well-muscled. Um, I don't know how his cardio is is these days because he really didn't need to use it because he had a first-round knockout. But his power is pretty undeniable. He landed right to the side ahead of De Castro and put him down and out. And he was out for a pretty decent amount of time. So that was um, a pretty impressive win from uh, Dargis Donho. The Jack Shore-Hunter Azor fight was another fun one to watch. Um, Shore won that, won that by a split decision to take him to 14-0. He's only 26, so definitely someone to keep an eye on in the bantamweight division. Um, let's see if I wrote anything here. How did I? But anyway, he uh, it was another good fight, another fight where neither fighter really lost. Shore was just better, and um, yeah, someone to watch. 26 years old, 14 and 0. Azor with the loss dropped to 9 and 2, but still not not a bad performance from him at all. So that was a good one all around. Uh, John McDessey and uh, Ignacio Bahamandes was a, a great fight for for John McDessey. Probably should have won a bonus in that fight for McDessie. He just um, struggled, maybe struggled a little bit in the early going with Bahamondes' height and, and reach. And But once he figured that out and started landing his power strikes, he took over the fight and he kind of put the, kept the pressure on Bahamondes and really just had his foot to the foot to the floor for the whole time. So I would say one of the better, if not the best fight I've seen from McDessie in recent times. 
Uh, bounce back win from a unanimous decision loss to Francisco Trinaldo in March of last year. Uh, wow, McDessie has only fought five times in the last four years. So once in 27, once in 2018, once in 2019, once in 2020, and now just once in 2021. Hopefully he'll be healthy and he can get another fight in here because um, at 35, he's a getting he's aging um, and... He should be able to capitalize a little bit over this performance of someone who might have been brought in to um, send uh, McDessie out to out to pasture, but no dice. He he won the fight pretty handily and impressive. So John McDessie is not going anywhere. Um, Matusa's Scamrot, which I uh, apologize if I butchered that name. Made a state. He made a real statement on Saturday with his performance of the night bonus by um, starching Scott Holtzman, and in the second round was a good, good performance. His takedowns were what set up that the finishing, um, the finishing strikes, and yeah, he got he got a Holtzman thinking takedown and. It wasn't a takedown that ended it. So second round knockout from Gamrot. Joe Selecki, Selecki and Jim Miller. Uh, I think that was put at the top of the card because, at top of the prelim card, I'm sorry, because maybe the UFC was thinking Jim Miller is the kind of guy who is always going to go for the finish. Um, that did not happen. Selecki also was pretty reluctant to engage here. Miller probably won the first round, and Selecki tried to come out quick, and Miller kind of put him back on his heels, and then Selecki never really got any forward momentum. He dominated on the ground positionally, but not in any meaningful way. It's probably a um, a bad performance from Selecki in a win. I mean, he got the win, which is what he wanted to do, obviously against someone as skilled as Jim Miller, maybe he just opted for the safe way and, and didn't really push for a finish. But it wasn't something that to build on, I don't think, from Selecki. I think he played it safe and just kind of tried to keep Miller neutralized on the ground, which he did. Miller kind of, I don't know if it's age or skill. I don't think it's skill because he's a very, very skilled fighter, especially on the ground. He just could not get out from underneath Selecki. He didn't eat a lot of punishment down there, but he just didn't have maybe the strength or the stamina at his age and experience uh, to get out from underneath a fighter who is 10 years younger than him and has been watching you know, Jim Miller fight since he was a kid. So the book uh, on on Jim Miller might be written. I don't know. I... I didn't like how this fight played out just because when you fight Jim Miller, I think the expectation is you're going to fight kind of in the same way that he fights, and that is going for the finish and always trying to get get out of there before the final bell rings, win or lose. Selecki did not do that, and Miller couldn't really do anything to force Selecki to do that. So not the best fight to end the prelim card on. Um, the first fight on the main card was a great fight to to start the, the main card on ABC with, unless you're Mike Perry or a Mike Perry fan, because Daniel Rodriguez 
just took the fight to Perry and had just overpowered him and gave Perry nothing. Uh, Rodriguez's striking was miles ahead of Perry's, who was uh, more just flat-footed and trying to throw with power, which he does, but Rodriguez's speed didn't let him make contact a whole lot. Uh, Rodriguez just dominated with his southpaw style. Perry had nothing to offer Rodriguez except his face, which Rodriguez Rodriguez gladly hit a bunch of times. Uh, Once again, Perry left the cage with a deformed nose and a loss. So Perry now has dropped. uh, He's one and four in his last five. And what is it? Three and seven in his last ten. For all the grief that Perry provides for the UFC and all the bad headlines, I would think Mike Perry is probably, with only one fight on his uh, UFC contract, he might be facing uh, a pink slip here after this loss. If it was me, well, if it was me, he probably wouldn't have been fighting for quite some time because he's a headache, he's bad press, and he... At this point, he's become a fighter who is more or less just there to get beat up and be tough. And that's not good for him. It's not good for the UFC. And it's it's just a bad, bad place to be. So I would not be surprised if Mike Perry was gone after this fight. But Daniel Rodriguez looked excellent. This was a very good fight for him. Bounced back from a decision loss to Nicholas Dalby. Um... Yeah, I, I I don't know if this was Rodriguez just having a favorable matchup and because of his speed and striking acumen or if he was really that good. I'm going to wait to uh, decide on that because Perry is questionable at this point as to how skillful he is. Um, probably doesn't help that he still has not A-plus cornering. So if, if, if anything... My, if Mike Perry does want to continue fighting in the UFC, he really needs to get his shit together as far as his team and work with people and not just think that he knows what, what he needs to do to get a win because obviously he does not know that. So a start would be, you know, getting a team behind him. Julian Marquez and Sam Alvey. This was a, uh, a good fight for Marquez. Alvey... Provided Marquez with everything he needed. Um, he fought defensively. Marquez walked him down, cut off the cage when Alvi tried to circle out. When Alvi threw his power punches, and his power punches were meant to finish the fight, Marquez just countered him. Uh, the finish was the rear naked choke, was nasty. Uh, Marquez just showed how powerful he is um, and how strong he is, and how he can just. You know, he had no hooks in, and he was just behind, kind of squatting behind Alvy when he when he got the rear naked choke and forced the tap. Um, I know Marquez's personality is kind of goofy, but it's not goofy in a cringy way, and I kind of like it. Um, it seems you know sincere that he's doesn't take things all that seriously, and he's he's having fun after the fights. Are the speeches rehearsed? I don't know, but they, like I said, they aren't cringy. They're not 
they they don't make you roll your eyes in a I really wish I wouldn't have heard that kind of way. They make you roll your eyes in a man, this guy's kind of corny but funny kind of way, which is acceptable to me. So um Marquez is coming off uh, he's got two submission wins in a row, two uh, bonuses in a row here and yeah, at um 30 keep an eye on him. He's not not all that old and he's looking pretty good. Um should this fight have gotten fight of the night? I don't I don't think it should have gotten a fight of the night. If you're going to give a give a bonus in this fight, you give a performance of the night to Marquez, but this was all one-way traffic. Um Alvi didn't have much success and yeah, he threw hard, but so what? It was one-way traffic. It was, same, it was the same kind of uh, fight a bonus with the Calvin Cater and Max Holloway. Holloway was dominant in that fight. And sure, Holloway deserved the bonus. But Cater, who has just got touched up for five rounds, no, that rewards... I don't know what it rewards. It doesn't reward a even fight where, you know, it could have been... Either way, it was a one-sided beating. And if you're going to reward a guy for being tough, okay, but why? Reward the guy that put the beating on the other guy, not the guy that took the beating. So the whole uh, fight bon- fight night bonus thing is a farce to me. There's no written rules. There's no one that tells you what you need to do to get a bonus. It's all arbitrary. And, you know, if you could, if you, told me it was favoritism. I wouldn't argue all that stringently against that or stridently um, because sometimes it seems like favoritism. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, Nina Nunes. This was a great fight for Dern. Uh, Nunes hadn't fought since um, the birth of her daughter. Dern has two fights now since she uh, the birth of her daughter. But Dern, patient, Still developing her striking, but every time she steps in there, her striking gets better, and working with Jason Perlow is not going to hurt that. And once she gets you on the ground, she can. She has the ability to just wait. She move position as she needs to, to, to create openings, and then when you slip up for one second, you're done. Uh, Dern is very good, still pretty young, She's going to move up, I think, in the rankings in a big way after this one. And she could be um, on the fast track to a title shot. I I wouldn't give her that yet. I would give her some more time to develop because she still is developing, especially with her striking. Maybe give her another year. Jason Prillo will probably get that striking worked out even better. He's a pretty good coach, and Dern is a pretty good student. So those two working together, I think, is only going to create a favorable environment. And I would let it develop a little more before I would push Dern into a title fight. But development is not something the UFC is all that keen on doing sometimes. Arnold Allen and Sadiq Youssef was a fantastic piece of matchmaking. Just excellent matchmaking in this one. Um, And what we saw was that Arnold Allen is the better all-around fighter. Uh, Yusef might be more aggressive, but he's also less developed all around. Um, he's coachable, which is always a plus when his 
corner gave him advice. He took it in in during the fight. He took that advice and and used it. The difference was Allen didn't need his coaching corner, his teams, to tell him what to do. His fight IQ was simply higher. So I think Yusuf can develop that kind of fight IQ. It's going to take time. It's going to take reps. It's going to take fights. But he's still pretty young. And so I don't think this fight hurt him. He lost 29-28 across the board. But he showed that he is a talented fighter. He just needs a little more time than Arnold Allen to develop into a more well-rounded fighter. Allen at this point is, let's check his record. He is 17-1, and one, unbeaten in the UFC. Um, and at the, spot, at the point where he's going to get some higher-ranked opponents, the loss ended a pretty decent winning streak here for Yusef. He was on a six-fight winning streak. And like I said, I don't hurt, think this hurts him all that badly. It'll slow him up a little bit, but I think that is a positive thing. And which he probably is not going to see as a positive thing, but um, let him develop, let him uh, get more well-rounded, raise his fight IQ, all things I think he can do and will do, and give him another shot in a little bit, and you know, two or three de- more developing fights, give him another ranked opponent, equal skill level, and see what happens to that. But this was good matchmaking, a good all-around fight, and a good. Uh, gauge as to where both these men stand. Arnold Allen is going to move up. Sadiq Yusuf probably stays about the same, but we'll see where it goes from here. Main event, Marvin Vittori, Kevin Holland. Vittori did what he needed to do, which was take Holland down and hold him down. I think he had 20 minutes of control time on 11 takedowns on a 25-minute fight. Was he close to finishing? No, but did he get the win? Yeah, which was what he needed to do because he was in a no-win situation here. Holland was ranked 10. Vittori was ranked 6. Vittori was supposed to fight number 5 ranked Darren Till. That would have helped him if he would have got a win in that fight. But a win over a number 10 ranked guy who just got uh, controlled by by wrestling is a fight that Vittori should have won, did win. It's a fight to keep him in the same spot, get him a paycheck, and see what he gets booked in next. Was it impressive? Like I said, no, because he did what we expected him to do because Holland had shown that he's not that great in takedown defense, and once he's down on the mat, he can't get up all that well. So Vittori did what he needed to do. Um, And I don't think anything else should have been asked of him in this fight because it was a late opponent change, and... He he just he won. I mean, end of story. He won, and he won dominantly. And we'll see where he goes. Holland, I think, hurt himself again. Um, I, I don't know why he took this fight. He, I don't. Did he expect Vittoria just to stand and box with him after after Brunson took him down and dominated him? I don't know why. I don't know. This fight made no sense to me for uh, Holland to take. And yeah, I. He's going to drop again, and he needs to develop his wrestling. He said he's not going to change his style, but if he doesn't change his style, he's not a real mixed martial artist. He's a guy who is very good at striking, but not up to snuff and at wrestling takedown defense or getting off his off the bat off the mat. So if he just wants to be a journeyman and go from 
um, promotion to promotion to promotion until he meets a wrestler and gets wrestled down and continues to get wrestled. That's his prerogative, but it's probably not the wisest decision in, in this in modern MMA. You know, no one's saying he has to become a, a George St. Pierre kind of wrestler, wrestling convert, but he should work on some takedown skills, takedown defense skills and getting up. I mean, that's your basic wrestling skills that you probably need to succeed at even a average level in MMA. And Holland was expected to be better than average. And now he's kind of in that, he's average kind of fighter. Is he fun to watch when he gets his distance striking going? Incredibly fun to watch. Is he fun to watch once he gets taken down? No. So learn some takedown defense. You don't have to be a superstar. You just need to stop more than you allow. And he did not do that in this fight. Not even close. So he took two L's in quick succession in the same kind of way. We'll see how he comes back from this. But, I mean, if I'm the UFC, I'm booking him against another wrestler and seeing where it goes. And if he loses, you give him one more chance, maybe, maybe. He's probably, but he's on his way out of the top 15, I think, at this point, or getting close to it. So, not the best night for Kevin Holland. Did he get paid? Yep. But he, other than that, really not, not too much going on with Kevin Holland in this fight. Marvin Vittori probably gets himself set up with a top five opponent. Does he get a title fight? Probably not. Um, it, it wasn't the kind of performance against someone like Holland that I would say generates the kind of interest that it should to get a fight against someone like Adesanya, who is becoming more of an international superstar. Sure, he's coming off a loss, but he's coming off a loss at light heavyweight, so that doesn't really hurt him all that much. Uh, so I wouldn't expect Vittori to get the next title fight. But stranger things have happened. I will be back tomorrow, and until then... Everyone stay safe.